This is DeFi Talks, where Ed Ariam, co-founder of Dominion Finance, discusses nodes, passive income, yield farming, DAOs, and all other things DeFi. I'm your host, Kythosis, from Dominion Finance, the first DeFi protocol to provide off-chain revenue as a service on-chain. We bring in guest speakers every week to help educate our community on existing DeFi space and where it's going. Thanks for listening. Sure. Um... So yeah, just uh, why don't you you know introduce yourself in your project? Tell us a little bit about what you guys represent, uh, what you're trying to do, just for our members who aren't really familiar so far, and then we can you know go from there. Yeah, um, I like the conversation you guys were having about the market and kind of how you're pivoting. I it's it's kind of funny where the market's gone. You know, um, it's a lot fewer people in AMAs than we saw when everyone was making money right it's like you just get the right whitelist you get in the right project and you get a 10x on your money um so i like that we're still getting together and still chatting and i think this is where builders build and where the few projects that will be here next bull market like this is where you'll find them is they'll 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 keep working they'll keep talking um but i'm i'm ariam i'm a co-founder of dominium it was Dominion DAO, then it was Dominion nodes and now it's just Dominion finance right um we're always uh, pivoting, right? Where the market's going, uh, where we can gain traction. Um, you know, we saw what happened with DAOs, and we saw what happened with nodes, and so it kind of, kind of became. Well, let's just fundamentally focus on um, the Dominion kind of why the Dominion manifesto, right? Which um, our our core why is um, we want to create a new economy, right? Where um, basically on chain and off chain assets don't have this bridge where you lose 30% of it, right? Or because mm-hmm. there's, there's, there's always this mentality of I'm gonna use altcoins, I'm gonna use Bitcoin to get more dollars. all meant to benefit others bankers right the mortgage is meant for the banks not for us and so for our our basic needs like housing and food and cars and you know all all the number of things that we need in our lives we're we're creating platforms and um you know networks and a kind of new economy and uh, whatever applications we need on the web or on our phones so that we can basically access that economy and access everything we need all in one sphere so that's being able to purchase what you need through crypto, but also having um, off-chain assets on-chain, right? So that we're not subject to the market volatility like we're seeing today, because we're all depending on DeFi or Ponzi's. And it's like only you know one cookie crumbles, Luna comes down, and we all come down with it. Um, our our goal is to have a token that's backed by real assets, real property, um, gold, cash flowing businesses, cash flowing. Um, businesses like airbnbs um you name it just just things that work um regardless of market conditions and our, we want to get away from stable coins and have real backing in the real world so we started we're doing a we do a different nft drop with each of our collections our, our new our coming collection is is a mining nft so you, you instead of buying a miner and dealing with all the you know same thing with buying an nft that has to do with airbnbs right it's like people like airbnbs people like miners but all the headache that comes along with it, right? You might need to have a million dollars to invest. You might need to have a facility, you know, low electricity rates. You know, your mom, 
you're in your mom's basement and she doesn't want to hear you running your miner downstairs. Maybe you don't have $10,000, you have $1,000. So bringing products like that to people where they get experience all the monetary benefits of, you know, running, running a Bitcoin mining farm without all of the um, barriers to entry that are traditionally there. So that's our current project. That'll be our newest drop coming out in June. Um, but the Dominium scope and the Dominium project is, is much greater than that. And we have about 10 projects in the pipeline that we plan on dropping over the next two years. And they're all projects that are building that economy that we've talked about so that when the next bull run comes out, like our goal is to never have to cash out and be able to get what we need through crypto. Gotcha. So have you guys purchased the miners already? Or is that something that's on the agenda? No, so each um, NFT offering is, is a fundraising event for that offering, right? So we do have um, some KD6 miners that we ordered um, just to make sure that our supplier was, was working well, right? And that our facility is running and we know how to do everything. Um, we've got a, an expert on our team that's been mining since 2014, but, you know, we're upgraded to a larger operation. So we want to make sure that we can cool at the right rate and everything that comes with that. But, you know, we, we really want to get a big discount and, and talking to the suppliers, we need to raise about another $5 million to really get the discounts that we want to offer to our community um, and also to secure the, the lower electricity rate, right? Um, where we are, the more power you use, the cheaper it is. So we got to get to, um, I think it's like 32,000 kilowatts, which is at least a million dollars of miners. So, um you know, yeah, we, we only we have twelve hundred citizens that we've those are like our nodes or our philosophers, like kind of like what Fire did. They have eighty thousand nodes and Strong has four hundred thousand. So we only have twelve hundred, and that's what we're actually really happy about. That that's why we capped it so soon because now going into real markets or something like miners, yeah, we can spend a little money on marketing to bring a really good product like the miners to market. But we can raise another five million, and then our our twelve hundred citizens they get a piece of all the pies of all the projects that we develop. So they'll get a portion of the minor revenue, um, but it's not going to affect our new customers, right? Because the token's going to be different. They're going to be rewarded in Bitcoin or Kadena or, or Doge, whatever the res respective miner is. Um, but no, every every NFT drop is another fundraising event for that event. And a big reason why we were doing it like that is one of the problems that all these nodes ran into, um, and, and I'll, I'd love to get kind of an update on your project and what you guys are doing, but I did see that, you know, the, the node language, so I'm sure you understand what I'm talking about here. But it was kind of like, if you take if you take your node payment in the initial, in the native token, right? Um, like, I don't know, you guys do Lava token? What's your token? Yeah, Lava. So if you take it in your native token and then you pay rewards in your native token, um, it, like, let, let's look at something like Thor, right? They circulated $50 million of nodes that they sold, um, but the amount of money that actually went to their treasury was only the 10% fee that they charged. So they owe $50 million at a, you know, whatever their APR was above 1,000%. I think it's reduced to like, let's say 150% now, right? But instead yeah. of having to try to figure out how to get 150% APR with a $50 million investment, they really, because they only got to put $5 million of that in their treasury, they have to get an APR that's 10 times what they're actually giving, right? And the issue is, uh, you know, with, with a lot of these node projects is that the actual li liquidity pool is only a fraction of what the dollar value of the anticipated reward should be. And like, I think the best example of that is strong where, you know, like they're supposed, 
they have you know obligations to pay out tens of millions, maybe even hundreds of millions of reward. Not well, not at this point now that they've announced their uh, reduction, their unpopular reduction plan. But you know, at one point they you know had, I would say they were on the hook for you know tens of millions of, do of dollars worth of reward, which was you know only a small percent, which. And their act, the actual liquidity that they had paired with their strong token was only a fraction of that. So even if people wanted to, they wouldn't even they wouldn't be able to cash out. Um, but yeah, I uh, I totally agree with with uh, you know that sentiment. And that's that's originally how we uh, you know came up with the idea of lava because the you know the end goal for us is to create N lava, which is uh, an index revenue share token uh, that people can actually redeem for the underlying investments that make up the treasury. So there is no native token to sell. Um, and yeah, you know, some of the things that we're pursuing are uh, private investments as well as sister projects. We've already made our first private investment in uh, a project called the Standard, which is developing an over-collateralized stablecoin. They're uh, releasing in the next couple of months. Their first stablecoin will actually be uh, a Euro-backed stablecoin, which is interesting because I don't think there are many uh, that exist right now. Um, but yeah, I mean, and then, you know, at the same time, we're developing our first sister project, which is uh, Athena, which is, um, which I can, I can dive into a little bit. Um, what it is essentially is, uh, you can think of it as, as two or three projects under the hood. The first part is kind of like a DeFi automation tool. I don't know if you're familiar with if this, then that. But basically, um, Athena will have a drag and drop um, strategy builder where people can actually take different def different building blocks for DeFi, different primitives like swapping, adding liquidity, bridging, and then chain them together to create you know multiple high level strategies, and then, then other users can essentially copy those strategies. Um, and you know you can use you can have things like uh, price-based triggers, time-based triggers, that sort of thing. Um, and then there's also the dashboard component that uh, we're building to complement that, where people can essentially view, you know, all their positions, uh, you know, all their positions across multiple chains in one unified setting. Um, and then, you know, we'll also be offering an API for other projects to use uh, so they can, you know, so they can essentially tap into the, you know, these strategies that other users have built, uh, as well as, you know, receive notifications, um, you know, when certain events or certain conditions uh, take place. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, that's a, a very high level overview of what we're building now. Um, and then another interesting, another project that I haven't really discussed, which and this is more like, a, this is more a second sister project, is something, uh, something called PRISM where it's essentially um you could think of it as cross-chain farming with zero and permanent loss essentially will allow users to take uh blue chip layer ones like avax phantom polygon and pair it with the wrap version on other chains so say you have nate say you have like the you know you have matic on polygon so the native version essentially what will allow users to do is pair it with wrap matic on avax for example um, and they would be earning, you know, the um, reward token in that case for Prism, uh, as well as you know a percentage of the revenue generated from fee from fees from a swap feature built on top of this DAP. But basically, the beauty of something like this is that 
if you have assets that you plan on holding anyways, you can, you know, you can essentially leverage them without taking any, uh, taking on any additional risk, um, you know, simply by, by pairing it with the bridge version of that asset. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm pretty excited about and, you know, we're, uh, currently building that right now. Okay. So if I understand, um, I'm going to repeat it back to you cause I've got a few of my community members in here and, um, I love to kind of ask questions, right? So, uh, first of all, one way that you're, you're plan to be more sustainable than strong is, um, you know, if, if your coin's the claimable token, your coin's going to lose value because everyone's using it for their quote unquote passive income. So you're going to have, you know, you're building a treasury with these projects that you're excited about. And I'm excited about it. The standard sounds interesting to me. Um, this kind of compartmentalized tool to building DeFi strategies sounds interesting to me. Um, uh, Athena is my cat's name, so I'm, I'm ex especially excited about that one, right? Um, but you're going to use all these, you know, different, sounds like a lot, mostly blockchain-centered, you know, solutions and uh, make money, right? Or put bring value to the community that's going to result in some yield for, for, your, uh, for all the projects that you've invested in. And then those that hold your nodes have claim to that revenue that you make. Yeah, exactly. So the way that it works is that users will have uh, will be entitled to a share of uh, of the profits generated by these by the treasury investments uh, based on the number of nodes that they own in proportion to the total amount of nodes. Um, and with Enlab, the way that it'll work is is basically each investment we we make will constitute a different component within this index and users will essentially be able to redeem it for, you know, whatever their share of the, uh, of the treasury's profits are. So say we invest in, you know, project X, Y, and Z, and you own, you know, let's say you own 5% of the total nodes, you'd essentially be entitled to 5%, um, you know, of the, of the returns from those investments made. Okay, and how many nodes have you sold so far? Is this still ongoing? Like, can I go and buy buy some lava and get another node from you? And then, do you plan on capping that, or what's your plan with all that? Uh, so we may cap it. Uh, the number is still yet to be decided, but uh, yes, currently you can go ahead and buy a node. You'd have to purchase lava first, but um, yeah, you can you can buy a node right now. And uh, at the moment. I believe the total number of nodes that have been created are 2,100, roughly. How much does it cost to build a node today? Uh, it depends on the tier, but the highest tier node is, give me one second. I think around four something, but here, I'm pulling up the numbers right now. So the highest tier node is 347. The middle tier node is 138, and the lowest tier node is around $70. Cool. Cool. Great. Well, that's something we can definitely look into. I like what you're doing. I like that um, you're, kind of, you're kind of where a lot of these projects have gotten to, right? But you, um, you're kind of starting off from the get-go with a better strategy, right? Would you say that's the primary thing that separates you from you know, other node projects is, is, is that you have a strategy that's going to be not so inflationary to your token or what, what do you think sets yeah, your I mean, team apart and what you guys are doing? 
is is to essentially decouple the the project's dependence on lava because you know that isn't sustainable. If, if the only way people can take profit is by selling the native token, obviously that's just going to cause a steady decline, which you know we've already seen, and which has only been um, you know accelerated by the fact that we're dealing with a pretty rough bear market right now. Um, but yeah, the end goal is to transition to the uh, to the index approach where you know eventually the lava is, is phased out entirely and you know people are taking profits in the form of the actual assets of the investments that we're making right i love it so would you say that you're um i mean for me like your is your primary focus like if you kind of center down to your guys's why or like what you're working on is your primary goal to provide passive income to your holders is it to um further the DeFi space like why what makes you guys wake up in, in the morning why do you do all this um so i guess i guess there are a couple of motivations uh the first thing is yes like we have you know an obligation to our holders to you know help them make money um but i was fascinated so the reason i started this project is um in i think it was the end of November, beginning of December, when, you know, Ring had their their whole, uh, you know, drama where they basically rugged their holders. Um, I saw, you know, Thor came up and, you know, wanted to build on the model. And I was I was kind of fascinated by the way that it works, where essentially you lock up, you know, money in return for for yield, ideally, um, and DeFi as a service projects, you know, investments are supposed to be made with that uh, with that money but i noticed that's something that a lot of projects weren't actually doing um so you know i i just i thought why don't i take this model and make it so that you know rather than receiving you know rather than receiving the same token that users purchase the nodes with which obviously will only cause a perpetual decline why not you know kind of treat it as sort of like a community um community-led fund um you could think of it as a VC fund um, or, you know, I guess, uh, yeah, I mean, you, you could think of it as a, as a community-led VC fund. Um, but yeah, the, the idea that I had is essentially to take the node model where users, you know, lock up purchase and lock up, you know, some amount of assets in, uh, you know, in exchange for, you know, some sort of return. But the idea was to remove the dependency on you know a native token and just make it really based on only productive make the return based on productive investments made with the assets in the treasury um you know and obviously these um you know the returns from productive investments aren't going to be you know these crazy numbers like one percent one percent per day plus um because you know that like, I mean, ever, I think everyone acknowledges the fact that that really isn't sustainable. And if anything, you're just, you know, that the higher daily reward that you promise, the, um, the more quickly the, you know, the price of the native token is going to go down. So I just had this idea of essentially make, treating it as a community fund and, a, and making rewards based on the actual returns from investments rather than, you know, some some token where you're promising users an arbitrary amount per day. Um, but yeah, um, but I, I guess we also do have like some of the other goals we have are to, I guess, um, you know, improve uh, the, I guess, 
uh, friendliness and usability of, of, uh, of DeFi as a whole. And that's one of the motivations that we had going into Athena, which is why we're building, uh, which is why we're actually building like a social component into it, where essentially users, are, first users are incentivized to actually create strategies using these, these, uh, these, build, these DeFi building blocks or primitives. Um, and, you know, we'll be basically, we'll have a leaderboard where we'll be rewarding users based on the performance of the strategies. Um, but the cool thing is you can actually see other people's strategies and, you know, use them yourself without having any underlying knowledge. So um, essentially, if you wanted to do something like, you know, stablecoin looping, which for many people is kind of complicated and, you know, requires several moving pieces, essentially be able to uh, to do that just you know with a single click of a button by using a strategy someone else has already created using our primitives um, so I think that's pretty cool and that should open up um, you know a lot more opportunities for people in the space but um, yeah no I love that because it's uh, you know it's kind of one of the big barriers to crypto right now is like you come in and you know whether you're on polygon you guys are on avalanche is that right yeah um, it's just kind of overwhelming to get everything plugged in and playing with it. And, you know, it was the same way with the internet in the 90s, right? And as we built tools, and, and what you're doing kind of reminds me of a software development company that um, I was quite familiar with in like the early 2000s called Tenfold, where they like made all these software tools and you could like drag and drop to build um, a project. And it, and it kind of like changed the way people looked at um, software development, right? And um, yeah, right now you have to get some really experience solidity guy or fork someone's code and so i think that a tool like that really helps us push the needle forward for yeah more innovative apps and um you know more user adoption right because you know so many people i try to get into crypto and the deeper you go like takes them 48 hours just to set up polygon and it's a little bit overwhelming um can i backtrack a little here and just ask you um what sure. have you reduced? I mean, it seems like your projects are, are all going to require development. I'm sure they, they aren't instantaneous, snap your fingers, and, you know, you're rolling in money. So have you reduced your rewards pretty significantly with this bear market? And how, how do you kind of plan to build? You're going to increase those rewards as your, as your um, projects generate revenue, or what's your plan? So the way that it works is as we generate revenue from the sister projects and our private investments, we'll be tapering off the rewards that users are receiving in Lava. So they'll still be receiving Lava, but it'll be at a reduced rate. And as that happens, we'll be increasing the, uh, you know, the, the other, the rewards people are receiving from the other investments uh, that we've made. Um, and so that's, that's what phase two will look like as we you know begin to taper off rewards for lava um and essentially how that will look is rather than an index it'll simply be airdrops in purport uh, airdrops of the investments that we make in proportion to the total number of nodes uh owned by a user um and then we also have something called uh, true roi which is you know a sustainability measure we put in place where essentially once a user creates a node they are guaranteed that dollar value as a return. And once, once they've made their return, uh, the reward gets cut, gets reduced by 50%. What's the um, days to ROI right now? So it depends on the node tier, but the highest tier is 83 days. If you're looking at it, 
purely in terms of the ROI based on lava itself. Uh, so it's 83 days for the highest tier. I think 90 something for the mid tier and around like 103 days for the lowest tier. Well, um, that, that answers a lot of my questions and it gives me an overview. I don't know how you wanted to spend the whole hour, but um, two ideas I wanted to give is, is one, we could open it up to all these guys to, you know, what questions do they have for us? And then two, I kind of wanted to give uh, one of my team members, Tiberius, a chance. I, you can, you can tell me if you're not interested, but a lot of my communities would want to hear. He, he actually represented Dominium at uh, Cryptopia yesterday which is in like Draper, Utah. And there's, you know, it was a really cool event. Um, a lot of cool projects that are actually doing really well during the bear market, like Giddy were there and Quarter Machine, Space Station. Um, and for me and my audience, like we kind of just like to hear what's going on in the space and he can kind of tell us a little bit about what, what was going on there. How do you feel about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, do you want me to add him to the stage? Yeah, let's see if he wants to come up. He might be, um, I know he has a day work. job. Sure. Oh, he can't uh, talk right now. He DM'd me. No worries. No worries. Forget uh, about it. <laughs> so if you guys have any questions, feel free to post them in the Dominion channel I made under the Cross MA category. Um, and, you know, if they have to do with Lava, I'll answer them. If they have to do with Dominion, uh, Atarium will, uh, will do his best to answer them. Um, did you have uh, did you have any any other questions or you know things you wanted to address? Um, yeah, man, I mean, I could I could talk about it all day. So let's see if um, anyone has any questions, and if not, we can kind of divert. But um, yeah, if anyone has any questions about Dominion, kind of what we're doing, I'm happy to answer them. Or I don't know if you had any more questions for me. Um, I can think about stuff I'd love to talk about. You know. Um, where do you think, just, I know we're shooting the breeze here, but what do you think is going to happen? You know, we've got a thousand node projects, another thousand DAOs, and most of their APRs are much, much higher. You know, in a bear market, we we see like a negative 10% at least, right? <laughs> um, so with all these nodes and this and that that are promising investments in markets, um, if we really do have a bear market here for a year, I know everyone's kind of scared and no one really wants to think about it. Um, but what do you think happens to most of these projects and what's your guys' plan for that worst case scenario? So, uh, yeah, I think, you know, and, uh, I think the reality is that most of the projects that aren't innovating that have launched and, you know, decide to remain still and not continue building will most likely die out. The projects that pivot and are agile and respond appropriately to you know these changing market conditions. I think have a chance to do well, um, but you know at the end of the day, it's really, it, I guess it's really a matter of responsiveness. If you know if you can, if you if your flex if your project is flexible and you're willing to change and build and pivot, then I think you'll probably be all right. Um, so I know for us, I'm 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 pretty confident in our in our sister projects, um, as well as you know some of the private investments, despite the bear market, and also the fact that you know our model doesn't really in phase three at least doesn't really depend on a native token, um, you know, so there isn't really a chart to worry about. I think 
uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic about our future. But, you know, with that being said, like, uh, I'm sure that, you know, as things come up and as the market condition, you know, changes either for the better or for worse, we may have to, you know, pivot again um, or, you know, hasten the development of, uh, of phase three for our project. Um, how are you guys uh, addressing that? Do you guys have like a contingency plan in place in case, you know, some of the real world investments don't work out or things don't go as planned? Um, so what you said is actually pretty close to our goal. Um, it's a little bit more catered. It's like we have a right now we, we reduced our, our rewards to like 30 percent APR. You know, I think it ranges from 30 to 45 percent. Um, and then once we get our projects up and running and they're generating revenue, um, we're actually just going to buy and burn the dome token. So our, our goal over the next 20 years is to have revenue revenue generating assets so that despite what happens in DeFi or crypto at all, you know, um, this is the easiest answer. We're not actually doing this, but if you bought a property, you know, if you look at the, the value of property versus the US dollar, it's almost inverse, right? So let's say a property is cash flowing through rentals, you know, $20,000 a year. The next year it's going to cash flow 22, 24. And so um, as we actually stop giving out our token, right, or, in, or drastically reduce the rewards to like those 30% rates, um, but our assets that we bought with our treasury continue to increase in value and the cash flow therefrom increases, then what happens over 20 years of that, you know, increased cash flow buying back and burning the dome token at a rate that surpasses our rewards, we want to eventually have the dome token um, have its value literally reflected by our real life cash flow. Um, and that's why a lot of our projects um, are not so crypto centric. We're building some things that we know are gonna be long-term projects, um, like ways for people to buy houses and cars and pay all their bills that necessary in within the crypto world, no need to cash out. Um, but some of our short-term cash flow things like um, our mining facility, that'll be good in a bear market, right? Um, our, our franchises, you know, we're, we bought, we're buying an, an ice cream franchise, little things like that, that they, they've proven themselves to be, you know, resistant to volatility in markets, especially in the crypto market. Because a lot of people love the gains in crypto, but the reason that no one's here is because they can't st stomach the volatility. It's like you can't stomach your, your assets sitting still for a year going down 50% or there's all these things. It's like, you know, oh, we need to protect our investors, which is hogwash because you see the stock market's down anyways. But People right. want to feel secure in their investments, especially if those, those investments have anything to do with, and most of the time they do, right? With providing for the needs of their family, putting a roof over the head. So because our, our investments are off chain, right? We're, we're gonna be, we, we've got plenty of work to do and plenty of stuff to build. And we've got plenty of budgets to do that for a few years. And I, you know, I look at some of the projects we're building. I know that there there's a lot of companies that we're competing with that are valued at billions of dollars, you know? And so for our 1200 holders that are capped, right? It's like, we don't have to produce a ton of money like a lot of these projects do to make them all happy, right? We could raise a million dollars, right? And a lot of them are gonna be in a really good position because 700 of them bought a hundred dollar NFT, right? So our, our overall like value that we can build versus the debt that we owe is is, is the lowest ratio that I've seen. So that's why I'm, I'm more confident, like for, for FIRE to be able to pay any sort of, any rewards that matter, They'd have to have every project they're doing have billion dollar valuations and not only that, but cash flow a similar amount. 
Um, but that kind of puts me in a good spot to answer this guy's question. Um, Cause then the question is, oh, well you're doing, you know, real world assets. So how does that work with taxes? How does that work with everything? Um, and I'm so glad you asked that. Cause this is something that I'm so personally passionate about. And it's that um, we're going to use these real world assets to cash flow crypto. Cause our goal is to actually create an economy. You know, you know, I, I run a roofing business, right? So, um, Crypto is my passion, but that's my day job. And I, I, my, my roofer will let me pay him in crypto, right? So I've kind of solved a portion of the problem. The problem is the insurance companies still pay in dollars, right? The supply companies still want to be paid in dollars, so I can't switch off, right? Um, but for our ice cream business, um, we've actually found a, um, a landlord that's willing to rent to us for crypto, right? So I, I'm a bit of a sales guy. So I was able to convince them like, Hey, we'll pay you 10% more. We'll do this or that. You'll like us. You wanted to invest in crypto anyways. Let us cap, let us be your crypto piggy bank. And so we're going to pay our rent in crypto, right? We're still going to have to buy our supplies in dollars probably, um, but we're going to pay our employees in crypto. And we're also going to have like, an, like, you know, $10 ice cream. But if you pay in crypto, it's going to be $5, like a 50% discount and basically really incentivize people to take crypto. And our goal is to create a new microeconomy, right? Where, sure, we're paying for the ice cream in dollars, but fifty uh, percent of our revenue is is being generated directly in cryptocurrency. That has that has no drawbacks. So we can take that money and just go straight away to buy the dome token, right? And that, but whenever we buy and burn the dome token, we're fulfilling our goal of having you know real world assets benefit our community and benefit our token. So that our token, we want to see it valued like real property over the next. 30 years. And that's kind of our long-term goal. We don't see any tokens. There's this big debate about what, what is money, right? The U S dollar, isn't it? We've got off the gold standard, right? Bitcoin. It's, it's nice cause it's scarce and it's kind of like Bitcoin's like a battery, right? Like it requires a certain amount of electricity to mine a Bitcoin. And that only increases as the hash rate goes up. And as our technology gets better. So Bitcoin represents a certain amount of energy that you're willing to put into it. No one's going to mine a Bitcoin if the energy you're putting in is less than the reward. Right, so that kind of forces the price to be in, in lines with technology, innovation, electricity. That's a cool store of value. Um, but then the debate is like, well, what about these commodity-based tokens? Like we see, you know, commodity-based um, dollars, right, in India and places like that. So if we have a, a token that's backed by commodities, it's backed by real estate, it's backed by Airbnbs that generate cash flow, and the cash flow benefits the value of the token. It's a really exciting idea that um, I think the goal is right is to push the push the needle forward because we've kind of gotten this in de degenerate gambling stock mentality where I'm going to put money in crypto, I'm going to triple my money and cash out. We want to create a new sphere and a new way for people to look at cryptocurrency where they can get into crypto and not have to cash out. They can buy their ice cream, but they can also buy their cars, pay for their house, whatever they need to do. And, and the way that, that that transaction really happens is when people are willing to transact peer to peer. The only reason that we have all these intermediaries and everyone taking money is because people don't feel safe to transact peer to peer. They want a bank in the middle. They want escrow in the middle. They want the government in the middle. They want all these guarantees and all these insurance guarantees. Um, but a lot of people have a lot of mistrust. I have a lot of mistrust for insurance companies. I have a lot of mistrust for the medical um, e economy and the great... Uh, profitability of the of the pharmaceutical industry and so i actually trust my peers more and so i, I want to create an economy where i can tra transact directly with my peers and there's a huge market for that um, at least around me people that you know you want to be able to sell your house without a realtor you want to be able to sell your house without a bank you want to be able to sell you want to be able to get all the value without all these people taking money out of your pocket.
Um, and that's a true economy. And that's, that's a true um, decentralized economy is when we can transfer value, not when we can just build DeFi, you know, um, I love DeFi, we're in DeFi, but like, it's, it's really esoteric. We're talking about stable coins. There's not a lot of real value. And that's why everyone has to cash out. It's like, like what you talk about is you want to be able to cash out in other tokens. It's like, well, if everyone has to cash out into the dollar, that value can never stay in DeFi. We need to be able to create the value within DeFi where DeFi is actually self-sustaining and I can make my money in DeFi and eat it too, right? And be able to take care of my needs. So I hope that answers your question, Lava My Cast, is like, we're going to cash flow in crypto and that'll that'll help us with a lot of like issues you would have if you were just running in cash. And then, yeah, you, you're going to cash out profitability. It's a huge mess. And then you, you move it all over. Um, so are people still going to be taking profit in dom token or are they receiving are they receiving dividends slash you know um i get or royalties from the real world investments you guys are making so every project will have a coin associated with it so for example these nfts the reason we had to do that is if the nfts pay dome token rewards then really it's kind of a ponzi right everyone that bought the nft is just providing rewards for the people who bought the dome token Right. Yeah. So the, the NFTs are going to have their own token. It's um, Bitcoin's the miner we're going with right now. Um, it depends on what the market looks like. Right. It depends on I kind of would like to gamble on Kadena, but I we're a low risk project we, or we try to be as little risk as we can be. Um, but you'll get you'll get a token as, as a reward called a D Satoshi Dome Satoshi, and it will be exchanged at, at the rate of Satoshi one one hundred millionth of a Bitcoin. You take your D Satoshi over to the Forge, which is in our D app, and you can just exchange it one for one for a, for a real Satoshi, right? A, a real Bitcoin. So, um, and so, so it's just a placeholder for your rewards. Got it. And so, do you think that the rewards from buying, let's say, like these minor NFTs, which you know, eventually the goal is uh, is to reward users with Bitcoin. Are the rewards higher buying these NFTs and getting returns from the miners just from buying and holding Bitcoin? That's that's the great question about mining, right? It's like if I if if you bought, you know, oh, I bought a mining rig. If I would have just bought Bitcoin at the bottom, I would have made more money. But you know, there's still literally billions of dollars in mining, right? It's one of the biggest, most profitable operations in the world. And the reason people do it is it's kind of like a put or a long, you know, you're, it's a it's a unique bet that you can place, right? So let's say Bitcoin comes down from 60K to 30K, the miners are going to come down from 20K to 10K, and you can either buy $10,000 of Bitcoin at $30,000, or you can buy a $10,000 miner that's going to produce, you know, 2.5X that of Bitcoin. So it's, it's a unique way to place your bets, but if you're getting the lowest electricity possible and you're also getting a discount and you're buying in a bear market when the price is down on a lot of these miners, that could be one of the most effective ways to make money, right? Like our residential mining expert, right? He was mining Dogecoin in, in 2014, 2015, um, and it was kind of like a bear market then. And he had just millions of, of, of Dogecoin and he sold them for like, he made a cool 150K profit. If he would have held that, he would have had a hundred million dollars with this last bull run. But you know, sucks to suck. That's just how the crypto market is. Is you you never know how high these tokens are going to go. Um, but like that was the best investment he could make, right? And that was actually the reason that Strong Coin was the best investment that I make I made last year. You know, I know that doesn't have a good you know leave a good taste in your mouth today. But I bought it like back in September. I actually bought it for three hundred dollars, and then it dropped down to thirty dollars, right? And that's kind of when a lot of people started talking about it. Um, but 
But the reason it was such a good investment for me is I locked in a lot of money into these nodes and it finally forced me to hold my bag for four months because I always sell, you know, like I bought Dogecoin in, in 2020 and I put like 10 K in it and it would have been worth a few million. But I think, I think I sold for like a 40%, you know, I was like, Oh, sick. I made 40% in a month. I'm selling. And I sold, you know, um, but, but strong, I was in there early. I liked the project. I kind of liked the fundamentals and I, I liked where it was going. I liked the team and I, and I bought and I was forced to hold. Right. So mining is kind of like a similar bet. It's like, if we just hold Bitcoin, right. We might just sell it. Right. You just don't know what's going to happen. Buying miners is like really doubling down. It's really it, placing like a long-term bet and basically putting, Hey, I'm going to put a million dollars down today to have a million dollars of Bitcoin today. But then, you know, also another, I'm going to have double the Bitcoin in two and a half years. So I'm going to be able to double my Bitcoin in, in two and a half years. And if you think that Bitcoin's going up, it's a really good way to make that bet. And uh, so that's, that's why so many people do it, right? Uh, you could absolutely out trade a mining, a miner all day, every day, you know, and that's just, uh, it's different strategies. Some people like to trade, some people like DeFi, some people like mining, it makes sense to them. Um, but for us, it's a good product because we like every single one of our drops to, to adhere to a new market, right? So our first market was DAOs and then it was nodes. And everyone's kind because we have staking just like the DAOs did, but we also have our nodes, right? And so that those are two different markets, two different ecosystems that were allowed to look at Dominium and decide if they liked it. Now there's a huge market. You know, we've got a, a agreement with Voxcoin. He's going to do a video for us, and he's got a million subscribers that are all just looking at mining stuff, right? Um, so it introduced us to a new market. Then it introduced nodes and DAOs to a new market, right? People are going to look at us and be like what's going on here but his video is just going to be like hey have you ever wanted to own a miner yes there's millions of people that have wanted to own a miner but you looked into it and you got overwhelmed you didn't want to spend twenty thousand dollars it gets too hot it's too much electricity you know it's too loud we're going to do all of that but provide the same returns and we're going to have a really unique nft collection that's 3d and you know everyone has has a unique characteristics and rare ability just like any nft collection does and so it's just, you know, NFTs sell all the time with nothing backing them. So if, if a thousand dollar NFT at mint price was backed by a thousand dollars of miners, like I think it should have more value. And what's also cool about that is its value is going to fluctuate just like miners do in real time, per perhaps even farther and, and quicker, right? Because that those NFTs produce Bitcoin, right? So if the market goes up and those miners are going to become twice as profitable, those NFTs should become, you know, so if anyone wants to buy kind of like miners at market price, that'll be a good investment for them. And what happens when the difficulty of mining increases and like the miners that you bought originally become more obsolete? Is the plan just to buy, you know, the newest miners on the block in order to get the hash rate back to where it was originally so that the payouts, you know, stay relatively constant or like what, what's the, uh, you know, what's the plan that you guys have there? Right. So our, our miners isn't like our long term 20 year strategy. The way that mining works is you buy a miner and it has a, you know, three to four year lifespan, you know, right. two year lifespan if you're paying a lot for electricity. Right. Because the hash rate goes up and it's no longer profitable. It's not efficient. There's more efficient machines out. And so it's just like it's, it's not so much, um, you know, we're I think you're still thinking like DeFi, passive income streams for our community forever. This is a product that is interested to, to people that were going to buy miners or people that were looking at buying miners. I've looked at a lot of buying miners, right? A lot of the people in my community have wanted to buy miners. Nodes were interesting because it's like, 
make money off of internet money. You know, it's like you can have your node and it's going to print money for you. Well, you can have a miner. You're right. After three years, it's not going to make you money. Like that's just how it is. And that's going to be in our literature is you're going to get the rewards for as long as it produces money. You know, we can't, you know, we'd have to do another offering and, and you'd have to reinvest your money. We can't do some witchcraft here. You could take your rewards and um, maybe reinvest them in another offering, but it's going to be like buying that specific miner, right? So let's say we're going to buy the S19 a hydro Bitcoin miner and we're going to sell it in NFT form. Anyone that would have bought that miner or wanted to buy it and wants to have the value of the miner, but also all of the rewards therefrom. That's who would buy these miners. Those that are into nodes and passive income forever, maybe a different value prop. They're going to be able to look at it and they're going to be able to see it's a good product and think about whether they want to invest. Um, but this product is, it's, we're taking it totally out because what we've kind of found is deep. Because there's kind of like, I'm kind of sick of talking about this stuff. I want to just go home and cry. You know, I, I got to go focus on my day job because my, my portfolio is down 90%, right? So Dominion's kind of hopping out and our goal is to market to different markets, right? Or we kind of always had that going for us because we're like, you know, cryptocurrency backed by real assets. So it's we all already, you know, a certain type of person is going to be interested in Dominion. So we're going to be marketing, everyone markets on Twitter. We're going to be on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok. And our goal is to talk to people that are miners. Um, now, the money that we raise is going to benefit our community massively, especially because our community is so small and we're investing so much money in marketing into this. Um, we've got the same marketing team, Chamber Media, that GiddyCoin had. And GiddyCoin, you can go look at them. It doesn't even make any sense. They're out of Utah, but they raised $100 million. Like, and they're still doing really well. Um, and they say wow. like their, their main value prop is they're going to solve they're, they're going to fix gas fees. You know, it's kind of like, that doesn't even make any sense. Like, how are you going to fix gas fees? Like, no, you're not. But no one that's investing with Giddy knows that. All they know is, is what Giddy told them, which is, do you want to invest in crypto, but basically don't want custody and want us to take care of it for you? Like, that was kind of what it was. And so a lot of people are like, yeah, but I'm busy. Went and bought Giddy. So we've got that same marketing team. We've got this relationship with Vosscoin. And our goal is just to raise a ton of money and set up a legit mining operation. And it's a it's a you know big bet. It's a huge bet. But if um, if Bitcoin does what I believe it will, which is um, like kind of replace gold, right? Be a, be a new standard for for holding value. Go up to 100k. Go to a million dollars in in the next decade. Um, then us have then us buying five million dollars of miners will be a really good investment, and it'll be it'll be a good investment for anyone that bought those miners at any point. Yeah, in three years those miners are going to be old and they're not going to be efficient. But for those three years, you're going to have access to it's it's basically a long call on Bitcoin. You bought a lot of Bitcoin. You bought two times the price of Bitcoin. You just have to wait for wait for two and a half years to get your ROI there. So uh, I just just want to revisit. Uh... The question a lot of my cast asked. So for the the real world investments, like for real estate, for the ice cream business, etc. Um, so what? How are you guys approaching the tax situation? Are you? So I'm assuming like you you have some sort of entity that you've incorporated for each you know project or whatever each business that you're you know decide deciding to pursue and. Um, how does that work when it comes to investing with other people's money? Do you need to be, do you need to be licensed or anything like that? Like, I know like that, I know that there's like, it can get a little murky. So I'm just curious on 
I'm just curious as to how you guys are, uh, you know, approaching that. Holding Stice is we're incorporating out of um, Dubai, right? So they have 0% tax um, as long as we're, we're doing our global events, right? Like the global products that we're developing that I, I don't talk about because people will take them. So they're really good ideas. Um, those are in development right now. And that's going to be a bulk of what we're developing. And that's for ways for people to spend their crypto, you know, in their communities. Um, so that that's that's going to go through Dubai. We're not going to have a lot of taxes to pay there, right? For you know businesses that like an Airbnb, you're right. An entity is going to have to own that, um, or our ice cream business, an entity is going to have to own that. Um, and so yeah, it's it does get a bit murky. You know, when we're talking to lawyers all the time. The most frustrating thing that talking to our lawyer is is like they don't know. No one knows anything. It's like they you speculate. It's like there's no precedent. You know what I'm saying? Um, they're like, I don't, you know, I wish I could tell you, but like, no one's really done this or like, I don't know anything about crypto or like, I don't even know what you're talking about. That's kind of like how a lot of stuff goes. Um, but the way that I know we can bring that value back is by generating our revenue in crypto um, and just enjoying the murky waters while they're there. That's what I did in my roofing business. And that's kind of how I like it. I hate regulation. I hate like, you like to start a roofing business, you got to have your workers' comp insurance, your general liability insurance, you got to have everything incorporated properly, your licenses. And like you miss one thing, like you didn't literally consult with a lawyer about everything. And like you're going to jail or you're going to owe a million dollars in fees. Um, you know, you have to have a um, permit on every single roof you touch, right? Any any change orders with the insurance, it's, it's, a, it's a logistical, you know nightmare and you got to hire an accountant and a lawyer and everyone just to put a roof on a house of someone's property that they own they can't just pay you to do it there's a lot of people that got their hands in the middle ground um, but the way that we do stuff is in the way that i've already always done things there's two ways one is you hire all the lawyers you're really well funded and you um go for it right and usually then you still mess up and you're still going to have issues down the road and another way that's actually a popular way to starting business is you kind of just do your best and you kind of um, you, you read articles, you try to get educated, you do the best to your uh, to your ability. And then you're just willing to pay those fees because those fees are usually like if you go um, a month without workers comp, which I did, um, they just backtrack. They just make you they charge you for your workers comp for a month of workers comp a month old and you pay a 10 percent fee. Right. If you if you miss some of your taxes. Right. They charge you 2% a month, right? And so there's two, that, that's the way that we're going about it is we're doing the best that we can and then we're prepared to pay fees, you know, and, and do everything we can be to be compliant as we move forward. But that's why we're starting in Dubai. We don't like that the U.S. has a ton of regulations about markets they don't know about. You know, I don't like that Nancy Pelosi's talking about crypto and she doesn't know up from down with crypto, right? Um I don't like those people shouldn't be regulating markets that they don't know anything about. So that's why we're going, you know, it's a global economy. And so we're building global products. Um, why, why withhold or, or, or um, limit yourself on based off of one country's regulations. Um, and what I found um, lava, my cast, this kind of like this, this is really the answer to your question. Like, what are we doing is we're doing everything in crypto. I pay all like it would be, you want to talk about a nightmare. Let's talk about the 20 people that we pay regularly for all the services that they provide for us. Am I issuing 1099s, right? Am I, are they legal employees? Am I paying workers comp for them? And the answer is no, right? We're paying them in crypto. We're trying to create a new economy that we get to write the rules. That's why crypto is exciting. And for honest, to be honest, like for me, someone that's been in, in cryptocurrency for a long time, 
it really frustrates me. Like, like if you go and look at like why we're doing Bitcoin, like wh why we want a peer-to-peer -peer electronic cash. Why do we want that, right? It's because the people should have the ability to transact value. They shouldn't have to ask their government. That's how they want to control you. And they don't want to control you for your benefit. They control you for their benefit. Just look at history, right? Like it's obvious what's been going on. And so it really frustrates me when people come into the space and they are like, they just bend over. And I understand that you can incorporate crypto into every aspect of a legit business. You know, you could do some blockchain, this or that, but don't take away from the peer to peer electronic cash system. Don't, don't take away from the reason that we built this and that we love this and that we started here is because we wanted to be able to, when governments crash their dollar to zero, right? You want to be able to transact value in other ways. And that's a huge thing. That's why you see countries like Ecuador and Madeira, Portugal, and in Africa is because their, their corrupt governments have failed them by creating, you know, money that is not backed by anything. And then they use it to benefit themselves and write corrupt, you know, paychecks to themselves or whatever they want to do, right? We see trillion dollar bills for COVID in, in the US, $40 billion for a war, trillion dollars for COVID. Um, it's like, we want to be able to take the power back to the people. And I think that it, it, being able to control, that's why Dominium's why is so big to us. We want to create a new economy where that value is transacted directly through people. And we want people to be able to survive in that economy. You shouldn't have to cash out. If you have to cash out, then it's just a stock. If you have to cash out, then it's just it's just another um, investment, you know. And it, you know, it's like your your grandpa's. You know, there's a, a there's an inheritance tax if you die now, right? Like, and so then there for a while, but like you can't you can't even die and give your kids your house. It's like they're going to sell someone, give a lot of it to the government. So we're, we're incorporating in Dubai where there's no taxes. And then we're going to do our very best to be compliant wherever we can be. And, you know, we're going to pay fees where we have to. Gotcha. Awesome. Sounds like you guys have a lot of uh, exciting things, things in store. Um, do you guys have any more questions about Lava? Um, and wanted to know, does the Lava community have any other questions about Dominion? Uh, because if not, we'll probably wrap this up within the next two to three minutes. Hello? Yeah, I heard you. Um, yeah, I don't see anything else from my community. I, we do love what you guys are doing. I think you're being creative. I think you're being innovative. Um, I think that we can work together, you know, as you guys, um, I think you're focusing more on chain for sure, right? And uh, we'd love to, I love some of the projects you're working on and maybe we can support you or provide development help or partner in any ways we can, just kind of keep our DMs open and um, hopefully create some value there while we're, while we're both building, you know, if we are going to both build during the bear market, you're going to see that's pretty rare. There's going to be a lot of projects that just go quiet. Um, and in my community, sometimes they, they bark and they want all these updates and everything that's going on. Um, and, you know, you got to do what you can do, right? A lot of companies have quarterly updates and you got to just know that we're building and we're happy to chat and we're happy to work with people. And, and we want to be transparent. Like that's our goal. Right. Our, our goal is to be transparent. I'm sure you, you feel the same way. Um, and so I like you and you let us know how we can support you. Definitely. We'll be in touch. All right. So I think I'm actually going to 
stick around a little bit uh, and just answer questions to the community about lava. Do like a little impromptu uh, community AMA, but uh, thank you. Thank you, Atorum, for coming on. Uh, appreciate you taking the time to do this AMA. And uh, I look forward to, you know, keeping in touch throughout the future. Good sure, luck. Yeah, and I'll, Sorry. I'll tell my community, we'll, I'll hop over to our Discord as well if anyone wants to keep getting an AMA. I know that it's been a while since we've had a mini AMA, so I'll give you guys another 20 minutes of my time at least. And, um, yeah, good luck to you as well. All right. Take care. Okay, we'll see you.